0: We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. Wisdom crieth without. What does that word without mean? Outside. Without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words. Saying, how long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. I want you to see, first of all, wisdom is yelling at you everywhere. Wisdom is yelling at you everywhere. As dark and dirty as the world is, the wisdom of God is everywhere that you need it. God, if you were to listen right now, you could hear the faint voice of wisdom. God's talking to you. What's he saying? How long are you going to keep living your deplorable life? How long are you going to keep acting like a fool? Now, if you're, you're not much of a parent if you've never said those words. Why? There's a certain stubbornness about humans, and it is, required to have, it is required in a parent's life That he or she says to their child at some point You are acting like a fool You need to stop right where you are Years ago, my son, Nate He was in a particular, particularly difficult place in his life And he, he references this all the time uh, To me and so I'll, I'll share it with you. Uh, he had this habit, and he would say, I know, I know. Anytime he was, re, you know, reproved, corrected, rebuked, I know, I know, Dad, I know. And I don't know about you, I, sometimes I get tired of people saying, I know what I'm supposed to do, when they never do it. And uh, he walked out the door with his back to me, and he said, I know, Dad, I know, I know. And I don't know what came over me. But somehow or other, before I knew it, I think the angels of God somehow placed me on top of his body lying flat on his back. And my knee was in his chest. And I said, no, you don't know, Nate. That's the problem. You don't know. And uh, if you know Nate, you know he has a tender heart. But sometimes our stubborn will prevents that, kind of calcifies over our tender heart. And he talks about that. He, he, I just saw him this past week. We had a, a chance to go out and see them and, uh, and be with Pastor Walker there at Gospel Light Baptist Church. And, and uh, he referenced that again. He said, I'll, I'll never forget that, Dad. Now, what does that mean? Well, it just meant I was frustrated. I wish I could say I was a wise parent. But I, I know this. God is wise And he is yelling at you All the time Now you can, you can pretend that he's not But if you were to unmute God You know what he would say? How long are you going to live like that? How long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee? Well I don't want to hear that You can mute it But he's still talking And everywhere you go in your life God has something set up to tell you no. Hey, stop. Think. Think. Now I don't know if you've had, if you've had children. And maybe many of us were children at, at one point. And we think about how many times did someone get in your face and tell you, what are you doing? Now anymore, it's not polite to correct anyone, right? That's the reason why we have a bunch of crazy zombies running around in their pajamas all over America. Somebody's, somebody's got to get in your face at some point and say no. Now, there comes a point when you, as an adult, develop, uh, you develop the, an inoculation against this. You actually can withstand and push. And what you do is you push people away. And you can call it all kinds of things. You can call it... You know maturity You can call it independence You can call it spirituality You can call it you know my, my I've been around the block I know and basically what you're saying is I know I know I know And you know what God's going to do In his grace He's going to bring you to a point Where he's going to say to you You don't know But you got to Listen The Bible says there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. What did he say? But will with the temptation also make a what? A way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Temptation, not just temptation to sin, but that includes the temptation to sin and the temptation of being tried. Like when God tempted Abraham, tested, tried you. God allows you to walk through this world and to be tempted or tested. God cannot tempt, God doesn't tempt any man with evil. He can't be tempted with evil. He does not tempt any man with evil. But he allows you to be tempted with evil. Why? He's testing you. He's testing you. And you know what happens when God puts you in in a position where, let's say you're a little child and they put a camera on you and say, uh, now they're going to put, we're going to put some cookies right here in front of you. And I'm going to go out for a minute and I'm coming back and don't touch the cookies. You've seen these videos, right? And what, what happens? That's a temptation. It's a test. And what happens is if a kid says, well, I, I just have to, you know what the kid is saying? I failed the test. I failed the test. Well, I just have to do that. I have to look at that. I have to go there. I have to say that. You failed the test. God said that every test has a way to escape so that you can bear it. Oh, I just couldn't. It was the moment. It was in the moment. I just couldn't help myself. That is not true. That is a lie. I will say this. At some point... Your your old fleshly nature If you haven't been practicing Telling it no It will take over It will take over But it never has to take over It's a lie of the devil I couldn't help myself I got drunk I couldn't help myself Seriously? Someone forcibly put the liquor Into your body? All Alright? I don't know what happened, you know, I don't mean to commit fornication, but they're, really? Someone had a gun to your head? No. We all are tempted, we are drawn away of our own lust and enticed. Enticed, what does that mean? That's the siren song that says, come over this way. And it's so beautiful. You remember the story from Greek mythology? The sound of the sirens is so beautiful that the sailors go towards the rocks knowing that it's dangerous, but they think maybe they can escape the judgment, but it's okay, but we have to try at least because they're so so beautiful. And what happens? They crash on the rocks. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. But guess what? Just like that, that sin is saying, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. I love Swiss Family Robinson, 1962. Oh, it's great. John Mills, dad, very wise man. As far as I can tell, he was pretty close to a godly man in the Swiss Family Robinson. I love, I love it. Haley Mills was his daughter, you know. And, and, and they filmed that on the Isle of Tobago And you know one of the things that Kevin Corcoran the little actor who played Francis You know what he said He, he was just so concerned about getting every animal In some kind of a, a rope Remember this And he would say I'm not going to hurt you I just want to play with you And he would He would hold out something you know some Treat or whatever And he got an elephant that way And he got like a, some kind of a monkey That way and he was, oh, he, he found, um, uh, I think he found an ostrich. Now, I don't know how all those animals got to that, you know. But uh, we leave that to, to Ernst, you know. He'll, he'll, he understands how all these things happen. And uh, if you can't tell, this is my favorite movie of all time. And, and, but in that, you know what he says to those animals? I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to play with you. You know what represents play and entertainment for the little boy it represents bondage for the animals because they ain 't going to be running around the island anymore now they 're going to be doing whatever their master tells them. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness and that leads us into a very important part here in Proverbs chapter one. Look at verse number 23. What does wisdom say? Wisdom says, turn you at my reproof. Wisdom crieth without. She is yelling. She uttereth her voice. She crieth. She is, she is not stuttering. She's not whispering. She's yelling it out. And what is she saying? Turn you at my reproof. Turn around now. I don't know if you're like me. I don't like the word reproof. You know what it means? The opposite of being proven worthy. To to prove worthy is that second part of it. Prove right. Whether that person is up to snuff. It it means to accuse. It means to charge. It means to find uh, fault. To blame. To disapprove. You are not approved. Now, that's not very popular in American culture, to say you did not reach the bar. But that is exactly what wisdom does. You know, if you're, do you remember, remember when cars, before they were like this whiny, you know, uh, overbearing dictator? You remember cars before that? Whenever I get in a car, there's this beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 and some some men uh, can can handle it. I've driven with some men that can drive for hundreds of miles, and they can put up with that beep sound, right? I just get so irritated with it. I'm like, I'm putting on my seatbelt just to show you. And of course, you know, it doesn't doesn't mean anything. They won, they won, they beat me into submission. But you know what that thing is? That car is reproving me. You haven't put your seatbelt on. You haven't put your seatbelt on. Man, I tell you, when I was a teenager, I didn't like reproof. I didn't like people telling me what to do. Now that I'm older, I love it. I love it. (laughs) But back then, I didn't like it. You ever have, you ever tell, you know, it's, it's like a parent reproving. Don't hit your sister. A teacher saying, please raise your hand before you talk. Please raise your hand Man, I don't know. That, that, that. There's something about reproof that makes you feel guilty. Or how about a boss saying, um, you know, I, I need you to be on time. You've been late all week. Punctuality is one of the core pillars of our society. I don't know what they would say. I need you to be on time. You know, that doesn't feel good, does it? Or have you ever had someone reprove you for gossiping? I think I've had it one time, maybe, maybe more than once, maybe twice. But I specifically remember one time where I I was talking about some situation with a guy and he says, he that answereth a matter before he heareth it is folly and shame unto him. Wow. He, uh, he knocked me back. Well, it's true. By the way, it's okay to reprove somebody for gossiping. Do you know, did you know that it is Okay. Because it'll reprove two people. It'll reprove the person that's gossiping and it'll remind you of when you gossiped and don't do it again. It's okay, but that proof reproof does not feel good. How about, uh, uh, you ever been reproved by a driver when you were driving? I'm not talking about your wife who has that heavenly brake that she's constantly pushing on. <laughs> No, I'm talking about people. I remember one time uh, I was driving on the road and I, I looked down at my phone. It was a two-lane two road. And I looked down at my phone like an idiot. There were no turning lanes, but this was, this was one of those roads that people are turning off of all the time in their house or whatever. And, uh, and I was looking at my phone like an idiot. And all of a sudden I looked up and that car was right there. I whipped around onto the gravel. Thank God it didn't hit a mailbox. And, and you know I came down. Guess what? For whatever reason, the, I don't know if it was her. couldn't have been her. No, the one that was turning, she must have been in front. I don't know exactly what happened. I ended up at the light with her. And she looks over at me, and she's like just shaking her head. <laughs> now, you know, there's not a lot of that that goes on in America. There should be more. There should be more. Why? We ought to stand up for what's right. And she did. She looked over at me. She made eye contact. She shook her head. She was mad. You know what I did? I got out of that car, and I told her. You know what I did? I felt reproved, and I said, I'm sorry. You know what I, I remember saying? I said, I'm sorry I was an idiot. Because I was. I didn't need her to tell me. I knew I was, but she reproved me. How about have you ever had someone reproved or heard someone being reproved at a store, sir? I'm sorry, I'm trying to help you, but you are you are you are crossing over the line. You know what? You ought to be able to say that at some point, right? People will push and push and push and push, and you ought to be able to say, "This is unacceptable." You ought to be able to stand up. Some, it's, so we talk about you know, how we need to stand up for righteousness. It's okay to stand up when someone is, is going over the line with you. You don't have to stand there. It's not godly to be killed. You ought to be able to stand up for that and reprove. And you see, no one wants to reprove. No one wants to say, no, that's too far. Why? It does not feel good. But you reprove your cat all the time. Reprove you your dog. Hey! Off the couch. Hey, get in here. Right? You, you, you can't have a dog without reproving the dog at some point. Why? Because they are fools. They just do whatever their instincts tell them, and you have to correct them. Why? Not because you hate the dog. And if any point in your in your <laughs> your tenure as a parent of a pet, I hate to say that, what an owner of a pet, that's better. If at any point you love critiquing and cutting them down and disciplining them. You need to get rid of your pet. The whole point of it is not to have control and to dominate that, in that little you know, animal. The point is you appreciate and you have respect or you value that animal. So you're telling them, don't do that. Do this. You ever get a speeding ticket? A speeding ticket is an official uh, appointed by the local government to tell you that you are doing wrong. You have done wrong. I remember one time uh, 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 I was in a Walmart parking lot. The kids were little. They were in the front seat. We were just waiting on mom. We spent a lot of our time out in the parking lot waiting on mom. And, uh, but we would sing games, and sometimes we'd spend the night, you know, we'd have a good time. <laughs> we'd enjoy ourselves. <laughs> Oh, amen. I know. I felt. I, I know. I've accomplished something as a husband when my wife comes out and feel, says, "I just always feel under pressure." Good. That's what we want you to feel. That's exactly what we're going for. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, one time, I, I did read the, the rise and fall of the Third Reich uh, while she was while she was in there. And. Uh, <laughs> But we are waiting out in the parking lot. That has nothing to do with the message. We are waiting out in the parking lot, and I pulled over from one area to another, and uh, a police officer came and stopped me. And he said, you need to get a a, a, a seatbelt on those kids. And I'm telling you, my pride got involved, and I don't know what I said. I was disrespectful, I know. And I didn't do anything, you know, really, really stupid. But the way I responded to him was, I didn't like that. I'm thinking, what right do you have to tell me what to do with my kids in my car? You know what I'm saying? As a good American. As a good rebel, and uh, it, and the truth was he was right and I was wrong. I should have been more concerned of my kids. And if nothing else, when the police officer came over and told me what was the law, I should have said, "You're right, officer." But I didn't like the reproof, so I'm pushing back. Isn't it weird how we can actually spiritualize our pushback against reproof? We feel righteously indignant, which is not a biblical phrase. Righteous anger. Is not a biblical phrase. Uh, he said, "Be ye angry and sin not." So often, it's what happens is we do not like being reproved. You know, some, it's not always people that reprove you. Your car can reprove you. You ever had your car reprove you? I'm not going anywhere until you fix me. I had, I had. Uh, um, I think it was Matt Williams who would tell me about this Honda Odyssey I had. We had Honda Odysseys for days. I don't know how long it was just Odyssey time, and uh, we just kept getting new ones. No, they were never new, but they were new to us, and we just kept getting them. You know, I had this one particular one that was it was a good one, but for whatever reason, I was very dilatory on getting the oil changed. I, and I think it burned a little oil, and more than more than a new one would. And so I was supposed to keep getting the thing changed, and, and Matt Williams, you know, if you know Matt, the first thing he says, time belt water pump, that's what he says about, I think, every vehicle, um, specifically Honda Odysseys, but, but he said, you need to keep keep track on that, thing burns hot, and he said, you need to keep oil in there, make sure you get the oil changed, keep oil in there, and I, I said what I said to all mechanics, yes, sir, we we'll are get right to that, um, and then I did whatever I want. <laughs> And I keep meaning to, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You know what happened? I, I basically ruined that engine. They got, they got a point. There came to a point, uh, came to a point with that engine that it just, it, it, it could not be um, adjusted. It could not be tuned up. It could not be fixed. Just basically burned up because I wouldn't listen to the reproof. You ever get uh, a cavity when you go to the dentist? Or you ever have a dentist discover cavities in your mouth? I should say that you ever go to the dentist and not have a cavity? Wouldn't that be a blessing? <laughs> amen? All of those that raise their hand, you can be dismissed. <laughs> we don't like your kind around here. Amen? <laughs> Olivia, raise your hand. Have you ever gotten a cavity? Okay. All right. All right. I, I think I have actually once uh, way, way years ago. But, um, but the, the thing with cavities is what did the dentist say? I mean, you got to know this about the dentist. They're kind of not mad that you're getting cavities. I mean, they're kind of happy, right? So they're like, hey, make sure you keep brushing your teeth. (laughs) You know, like, I don't care. It's job security. But, but, you know, you ever have a dentist where they're like, have you been Flossing. You, like, disappointed them. You're like, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. I'll buy some floss on my way home. Right? And, and, the, and the reason is because I think they get tired of reproving you. They get tired of telling you. Because we know we're going to keep doing what we're doing. And we know they're going to keep telling us what, what they're supposed to tell us. You know, if we ever got this thing figured out where we brush our teeth twice a day. Or brush it after every meal. And we floss. After meals, or at least once a day, you know, teeth health would go through the roof. We would have a revival of teeth health in this country. But the reason why we don't is because we don't do what we're supposed to do. But even still, we go to the dentist, and the de- people, by the way, not going to the dentist doesn't mean that your teeth are not riding under your head, just so you know. Some people don't realize that. They think if I don't go to the dentist, my teeth are fine. No, you won't have any teeth left. That's what that's gonna mean. But a, a, a dentist is going to reprove. Now, I say all of that because notice what he says in verse 23 Turn you at my reproof. God intends for you to turn around. Turn. God is not yelling at you. Wisdom is not crying in the streets because it wants to hear itself talk. It is intending for you to act on what it says. Turn, turn God uses reproof To teach you how to live Look at the Bible Look what it says in chapter 6 Verse 23 Chapter 6 God uses reproof He uses your teachers, your boss Your friends uh, Other citizens, your spouse Sometimes even your kids He uses your smoke alarm To reprove how you cook Amen Amen Look what it says in chapter 6 verse 23 for the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and reproofs of instruction are the way of life i used to hear that and i think well that's the way it is reproofs of instruction the way, uh, is the way it's i used to think it was saying it's a way of life that's just how it goes in life no 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 it says reproofs of instruction are the way of life if you want to live a life that is actually alive that actually has hope Has some energy, has some joy, then you have to remember God is using reproof to help get you there. You run towards the reproof. God's yelling at you, and instead of saying, Oh, he's always yelling at me, you turn towards the reproof and walk into the hurt. If you don't do that, you're hurting yourself. You can tell the dentist, You're not telling me what to do. I don't have to listen to you. You're not the boss of me. You know what the dentist is going to say? Go with your bad self. Eat all the candy you want. Let the teeth rot out of your head. Now, if he's a professional, he's not going to say that. He's going to say it in a very nice way. But that's what he's thinking. Why? You're the one that comes out the loser if you don't listen to what he says. If you don't change your oil, your engine is going to burn up. That's as simple as that. Listen, if if you don't hear what wisdom is telling you, you're the one that's going to lose out in the end. It's not going to hurt God. You ever recognize that it actually hurts God to say it to people who won't listen to him? You know, that's why a lot of parents stop uh, uh, adjusting their children's behavior. Because it's tiring telling fools what to do when they won't do it. You get tired of saying it over and over again. Let me encourage you, parents. Be not weary and well-doing, for in due season ye shall reap if ye faint not. Where do you faint? You faint in your mind. You give up in your mind. You say, it's not worth it. I'm tired of telling them. I've told them over and over again. Hey, Dad, listen, in your home, ye shall reap if ye faint not. God did never put your wife in charge of the house. That does not mean she's stupid. No, it means just because it's easier for her to lead doesn't make it right. God gave her a man to help her. She needs you to help her. Now, this is not popular preaching, but it doesn't really bother me because I recognize this. The only reason why we have difficulties in the home is not because women are so overbearing. It's because men are weak. They give up. They say, well, you know, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. May I remind you, that is not Bible. That is not Bible. You know what the Lord said? The Lord said, he gave himself for his bride that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. It is the husband's responsibility to help his wife grow spiritually. It is. But we struggle with that. Why? It's hard It's hard to do it. It's hard to be the one that reproves and says, "Listen, when I say everybody is going to be in bed at eleven o'clock, that's what I meant. I I didn't mean I didn't mean we're, we're all going to just decide whatever we want to do. I'm not speaking to hear myself speak. Listen, I'm not saying you have to have every single minute of your family's life dictated and arranged, but I am saying this: if you say it and don't actually follow through on it, why did you say it to begin with? Did you say it to assuage your conscience?" You should, if, you, if you think that it's right, you should say it and follow through. That doesn't mean you're throwing your kids against the wall. That simply means that you have rules that you're going to follow through on. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. You know what's very comforting to a wife? For her husband to say... Let me hear what your, what your difficulty is, the problem is. Okay, yes, I hear that. You don't need to worry about that because of this. It's very comforting. Am I right, ladies? You don't need to worry about that because of this. Now, you've got to know what you're talking about. And, and, and wives, my, my wife has been very kind. She's given me a lot of faith and a lot of trust when I didn't deserve it. But she listened to what I said. You know why? It calms her down to know that someone can solve the problem. Someone is concerned about it. You know what most, most, most of us do? It's easier to do. This is what we do. I say most of us. I don't know that's true. But it's, I know that we're all tempted to do it. Well, I, you know, Mama's. she's in a rage. She's a whirlwind right now. So I'm just going to go somewhere else. I'm going to go to my den. You know, like an animal, I guess. I don't know. I'm going to leave her alone. She's going crazy. Well, I understand that. We've all been there. But isn't it true that, 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 that what she really needs is Security talking about a godly saved woman here now we're talking about unsaved woman that that is just a brawling woman and crazy and wild and you know lives a wide open life not talking about that talking about a saved woman you know what she needs she needs someone that can come alongside her and help reprove some of those out of control emotions in other words she's 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 begging you hey prove me wrong prove me wrong well i'm not going to say anything don't be a wimp. Step into the force and say, "Sweetheart, let me tell you, you don't need to worry about that." L- listen, we don't need to worry about that because of A and B and C. Here's the, here's the answers. Well, I don't think I have Listen, we're not going to sit here all day and have the worst life that we could possibly have. Here is what we're going to do: step in and give some direction. Now, it, 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 I don't know that may sound to you like being overbearing, but may I remind you? That wisdom reproves out of love. It doesn't reprove out of hate and out of dominance. God doesn't say, hey, stop and turn around because he he wants to just pulverize you. He wants to help you. You're going the wrong way. Reproof. God uses reproof to teach you how to live. Now go back, if you would, to chapter 1, verse 23. He said, turn you at my reproof. Behold, this is so awesome. I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. I'm not just saying it. I want you to experience me. I want what I breathe to be what you breathe. I want how I think to be the way that you think. I want to share my life with you, but I can't share it if you're going that way. When God says stop, he doesn't say, sit there and die. He says, come, come to me. I can't go with you, but you can come to me because I want to fellowship with you. We have a very great God, very wonderful God, but he's holy. He's not going to follow you along down the road to that website. He says, stop, come this way and we can fellowship. God reproves you so he can use you. That's why he does it. Look at verse 24. He said, because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. God will, but you won't. He says in verse 23, I will pour out my spirit. I will make known my words. Verse 25, but they would none of my reproof. Why would someone end up destroyed? Is it God's fault? Is it the devil's fault? Is it their fault? Did they not have a chance? No. God is a gentleman. If if someone wants salvation, he'll save that person. But if someone says, I want to die in my sins, he'll leave you to die in your sins. Why do people ruin their lives? They ruin their lives not because they haven't had any opportunities they ruin their lives because wisdom gives them every opportunity to go the right way and they say, I don't want it. Not interested. But I want to tell you this. Sadly, in chapter 1, verse 26, if you don't listen to reproof, God will have the last laugh. He says, I also will laugh at your command calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh when your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you. You know what God finds occasion to laugh at? People who hurt themselves because of their rebellion. Now we're not supposed to say anything and I'm not God, I'm not divine, I know this I've messed up just as much as the next person So I'm really careful But you're talking about a holy God Who said I've done everything I can To warn you and stop you It's like a father with a son on his bicycle Hey listen, put your, put, put your knee pads on Put your, you know They're trying to teach them Try, Hey be careful, be careful, you're not ready And I, I can do it myself I can do it myself And you're not ready I want to do it I want to and you keep pushing and pushing and it, you know, I don't know if you're like me as a parent there's been a couple times in my parenting where I've watched a kid get hurt and I had a little spark of joy not majorly hurt not maimed not ER anybody else like that you watch that kid and you're like oh and inside you're like yes Why? You wouldn't have got hurt if you would have listened to what I said. And we're actually grateful that they can learn a painful lesson because maybe that pain will come back the next time they try to do that stupid thing. We're thankful for it. You know what the Lord says? When you fall off your bike because you won't stop when I tell you to stop, I laugh at you. I said, it serves you right. That's what wisdom does. Wisdom, We've got to toughen up a little bit, believers. Toughen up a little bit. You know who it is that wants to remove all pain and all suffering falsely from this world? The Antichrist. Peace and safety. Peace and safety. There is no peace until the Prince of Peace comes. And he is going to regenerate this earth and change it all around in order to bring true peace and safety. Pain is a part of life. And so what we can say is this. And by the way, if you—that's what spanking is. It's bringing pain into your child's life for a purpose. I, I'm not—I'm not talking about things that happen, disease. I'm not talking about someone who has this spontaneous um, fever of some kind out of the blue. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about things that happen as a result of hard-headed stubbornness. You've got to be okay with people getting hurt because of what they've done. Now, there's a part of you that, that is sorrowful, that, that says, I wish I could help you. But, but you've got to be careful that you don't sell away the store, that you don't eat the profits. Because there's profit in that pain. There's profit in your child uh, getting a spanking and hurting. And to come in there and say, I can't bear to see my little child cry. You better be okay with your child crying if they're getting disciplined. He said, let not thy soul spare for his crying. And even that spirit is in in, in many of you right now saying, don't talk about that in America. That's not from God. That's an antichrist spirit that wants to protect everyone from pain. So instead of anyone ever getting, you know, sent to the uh, some type of uh, death, capital punishment, Because of rape and serial murder They just get isolated It's an antichrist spirit God says Don't do it And we come along and say It's okay if you do All the rules are changed God's He's tougher than you and I are He looks at people who rebel And he says you get hurt I'm going to be sitting over here laughing Hey, that's one of the things that, uh, that, that, that certain elements of our culture down south is big in this. They, they, they have, they're okay with laughing at people who are stupid. We, we, I would never say, yeah, I'll bet your kid's on meth. You don't know how to say no to your kids. You don't know how to say no to yourself. Why? You secretly don't want there to be any right and wrong because you want to be able to define right and wrong for yourself. It's rebellion and stubbornness in your heart. And the Lord said, I've been yelling at you all day. Stop. Stop. One of the best things you can do for your kids is help them to learn how to stop. When I say not another word, I mean not another word. You're, You're helping them. You're helping them. No, no, bleeding heart, woke liberal I did not say the next step Is to pound their face in with your fist No You don't have to do it You just got to mean what you say You know what God does? God puts up with us and puts up with us And puts up with us And in in the end We hurt ourselves And blame him for it God's constantly trying to tell us to stop and if you teach your kids to stop when they're younger You teach them to stop when they're teens And by the way, hey, we can't give up our teens, can we? Well, they're adults now No, they're not The word teen is not in the Bible The word teen is not in the Bible We've got to be careful You know what it is? There's a child There's a youth And then there's a man We train them up When I was a child I thought as a child Spake as a child When I became a man Wait, what happened to Teen years he went from child to man. Somebody needs to sue God. He doesn't. He's not sensitive enough. Child to man. You know, you expect your kids to misbehave. You expect your kids to, to to sneak around and do stupid things, wicked things. They're gonna do it, and you're gonna say, "Well, we all had our difficulties." You know, let's rephrase that. We all sinned knowingly in rebellion. That's a better way of saying it. Right? If you give in to them, you know what the problem is? The problem is not the rebellion of your kid's heart. The problem is the rebellion of your heart. You don't believe in right and wrong anymore because you want to live your own way. You want to do your own thing. Stop and say, no, I will not allow myself to let my family go to hell in a handbasket. I'm going to stop where it is. I don't need to scream. I don't need to yell. But I can tell you this, I can unplug I can lock. I can say, there won't be any food until. There's a lot of different tricks that you can do. If you have the courage to stand up like wisdom and say, thus saith the Lord, this is what we're going to do. As for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, Abraham, the Bible says God knew that Abraham would command his children after him. I know this is, a, this is a crazy, wild message. You know why? Because it hits all of us. It includes me. It's easier for us to just float down the river like dead fish. You know why? Because even dead fish were better looking than all those other fish out there. No, God has more for us. We're not here to just be better than the other fish that are floating down the river. We're here to honor our God. And that's going to mean sometimes going against the grain, going against the flow of the culture in which we live. If you don't listen to reproof, you're the one that's going to suffer, and God's the one that's going to laugh. He says here in verse number 28, Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Notice, it is not the wisdom or God represented in the wisdom that slays the simple. It is the turning away of the simple. Why? The bridge is out. The bridge is out. The bridge is out. What kills them? It's the turning away from that reproof that kills them eventually. That's why you got to be careful as parents that you don't just say, you know what? I like the color blue. Only the color blue in my house. I don't have any other colors. Don't be so preferential and random because what we're trying to do is trying to turn our, our kids hearts to God. God's not preferential and random. God's reproving us for our. He, Hebrews tells us that our we had fathers that reproved for their own pleasure, but He for our profit. God reproves us for our profit. And here He said, "I'm trying to tell you to stop because if you don't, it's going to get hurt." He says in verse 33. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Peace. Safety, quiet. That's God's idea. The Antichrist, the spirit of rebellion, wants to give it to you through rebellion. God wants to give it to you through obedience. One final place here tonight, Isaiah chapter 66. Isaiah 66. If you want something to chew on while you're turning there, I think you can, uh, in, you know, in the future, um, there's been books written about it. I think it's good. There's 66 chapters in this book and 66 books in the Bible. And there are a lot of correlations between those chapters and the books of the Bible. Isaiah 66, what we're looking at, look at verse two. He says, for all those things hath mine hand made and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look. Even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. He that killeth an ox as if he slew a man. He that sacrificeth a, a lamb as if he cut off a dog's neck. He has a hair trigger conscience. He that offereth an oblation as if he offered swine's blood. He that burned incense as if he blessed an idol. Yea, they have chosen their own ways. And their soul delighteth in their abominations. I will also will choose their delusions and will bring their fears upon them. Because when I called, none did answer. When I spake, they did not hear. But they did evil before mine eyes and chose that in which I delighted not. Hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word. Your brother that hated you, that cast you out for my name's sake, said, let the Lord be glorified. But he shall appear to your joy, and they shall be ashamed. The brethren that hated God in verse 5, that cast out these God-honoring people and said, we're doing it for God's sake, he said, no, no, they're going to be ashamed. Why? Here's here's the key. Ye that tremble at his word. Verse 2 said, Him that is a poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. You know what the Lord wants? He wants when wisdom calls out for us to stop. Christian, don't let your heart get hard. Stop. Even if you think it might be God, and say, Lord, are you speaking to me? Are you speaking to me? Sometimes as Christians, we go along and we go along and we say, Oh, he's getting away with it, and he he does that, and he he's doing that, and it's okay. I guess I'm okay. Wait, we're not following one another. We're not looking at other other people. What, What do they do with their family? And what do they wear? And where do they go? We're not doing that. We're looking at the Lord. Lord, what do you want? And trembling at the word. How long has it been since you were a little afraid of the word of God? I can tell you this. God is such a marvelous being that his word can make you afraid and fill you with peace at the same time nothing else like it. Christian, don't go further and further away. Stop and listen for the voice of God. What's he saying? Is he telling you, hey, you need to stop looking at that. You need to get your hands off of him. You need to stop listening to that. You need to stop going there. You need to stop saying that. You need to to be content. We heard Brother Cheney last week. Boy, what a great message. Wanting what you have. Hey, Lord, thank you for what you've given me where I am right now. What is it that God's saying to you? You know, God is not talking to you because he's mad at you. He may be mad at your sin that you're involved in, but he wants you to quit it so you can get close to him. He said, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Let's bow our heads in prayer.